Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity. All right, folks, this is a big moment. I'm hanging out with a guy. I'm not going to tell you yet who this is, even though you probably just read the, uh, the, the title and you know. But I'm holding his bobblehead, and he's a local legend. And I will say this. Because I'm not a race guy, I have a poor background in all of the great things he did. So we're going to find out together. I am Mr. Curiosity, otherwise known as Joe Snedeker, and I am here with Joe Amato. So here it is. Here you are. Glad to be here, Joe. Just uh, wash my red... I special edition Hellcat before I came here. Let's <laughs> see how he starts. Seven hundred ninety-seven horsepower. So, I, as you know, I'm a car guy since uh, I've been like eleven. But see, here's the weird part, Joe, because I'm a car guy too, but in a different way. Like I really, I like I I've always had a car with no more than two hundred horsepower, and yeah, I know we, we would drive stick shifts. And I always ask yeah. you, you always drive a sports car of some kind. I've always, I always had either you. a sports sedan or like a Miata, something like that. So right. I'm a different kind of a car guy. Yeah, well, at least no you're a car guy. Or, you're yeah. a car guy. You know, I'm a. I, when I'm used to driving a 10,000 horsepower top fuel dragster, <laughs> you, you need a, you need a little bit of horsepower on the street, and you need a little bit of noise in the pipe. You know, so that's that's I'm all about the noise in the pipe. Well, I guess the bottom line is this: you will not see you or me driving a Prius. Exactly. No, no, no electric <laughs> for me. I'm, I'm not electric. Uh, but uh, all right. Well, uh, I'd like to go through your history because I need to know all these things. That happened. And I don't know if you want me to give you your age. Oh, I forgot the bell because whenever I make someone uncomfortable, I can just ring the bell. Oh, wait, here it is, Joe. So you have, you, here it is. I hit the bell whenever I answer. Whenever ask you, you a say you don't, don't want to answer. answer. You okay. Want to, okay. But okay. I will start out with this. I, uh, because I was born in the 60s. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to buy the models and I used to watch racing and I used to watch the dragsters. And I remember names like, is it Shirley Muldowney? Shirley Muldowney, Don Garlitz, Don, Big Daddy. Remember the Mongoose and what Tom, was the Tom other one? Tom the Mongoose, McEwen, the Stonda Snake, Prudhomme. That, They're all guys I raced against, See, actually. that was a part of my youth, so yeah. I do remember your name from that. But then as soon as you know, I left that stage of my life, I, you know, I went on to other things. Yeah. And that is your life. And those people who know racing, you are like, you are like the Terry Bradshaw of racing yeah. for football. You are like the, the Roger Staubach. You are that. So we have to get into that. Well, but, I, I've been lucky. I've, I've won the five world championships and, you know, 60-some national events and sets all kind of records and all. But, you know, I've been lucky in life where I just had the, the brains to surround myself with good people. That's been the trick to my whole life. Is you have good people where you have a good crew chief, you have a good manager of a store, you everything you're involved in, you get good people. Well, let's back up, though. I want to know, you're born where? Well, I was born in Scranton. In so South you're a Scranton guy. My, you're... Father, my, father was a, my father started out, his grandfather, my grandfather was a huckster. He used to have a horse and buggy. <laughs> Is a huckster politically correct even to say? I don't know. We're going to look at Sean. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't so. Know. <laughs> well, that's what they call them because they used to sell produce yeah. door to door. It's funny, growing up in northern Lackawanna County, uh, I heard that term from my uh, parents and everybody. They'd say, yeah, yeah here comes yeah. a huckster. Yeah, then my father used to do that. He got a school bus. He graduated up to a school bus, and he used to go down to the wholesale block down in Scranton. At one time, there was a wholesale block where he could buy all produce, and I was probably six or eight. And uh, he, he was, it was really interesting to go down there and buy all the produce 
and go out alley, alleys to alley, bringing the horn, and, and people would come and buy it. You know, I mean, so I did that. So that's how I started being in business. Sean just looked up Huckster, a person who will sell small items either door to door or a small a store. So I guess it's okay to say Huckster. It's, it's right. we're, we're politically correct. We don't have <laughs> to erase right. that. No so, so I guess you're trying to say that you grew up with this humble beginning. Your dad selling. Well, yeah, we had no money. My father, we lived in a, a small. Downtown oh, so Scranton, where? Southside, in Southside, South Side, up Scranton. on South Irving Avenue. And your mom? My mom used to actually work uh, in, a, in a, a silk mill for a while. Is, that's like typical Northeastern PA Northeast right PA, there. Right. The mom works, the dad works. My dad did a lot of things, though. He went from being a, selling produce, on the, and then he had a, 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 a route with gumball machines. We used to go to... Uh, bars and put peanuts and gumballs in where you know you get a winner you put and pennies in and so I was a little with kid him. going with I him? was a little kid going with him just doing that stuff and he always had a lot of pistachios around because we had pistachio <laughs> machines but so I think you're painting a picture though where you're saying your dad like was this intrinsic salesman type like he, he, he was an entrepreneur man? he was a businessman entrepreneur he was Th- then he he opened a Chuck and Joe's bar at my uncle down on the Papas. <laughs> Chuck and, and Sierra. Joe's. My fa- that's what it's called. My father and my uncle. So now you're like, what, 10, 11, 12? And I was probably 9 or 10 then. You're in high school. You're in elementary yeah, yeah. school, rather middle right, elementary right. school. And, and then so Brothers, they, they, sisters all around? My, I had a sister and, and two brothers. You know, So they were around. I was the oldest boy. My sister was older than me by two years. Okay. So then my mother was working in the, in the restaurant you know, with, with my father cooking and all that. And my uncle, and that that lasted a couple of years. They didn't like that, so they got out of that. My father opened the deli up in Southside on Pittston Avenue. A it, deli. It was a delicatessen, and he was selling. There was pinball machines in the back room and things like that. I saw an ice cream and Sunday paper. So I used to hang around down there. I used to go. The guys would be playing the pinball machines, and they'd give me $10 to go get a roll of quarters. Because one of them pinball machines where you could get the boxes and you could win money. Yeah. So guys used to do that. But is, is he, so am I picturing you and your siblings, is the money rolling in? No, Are no, you we, sharing no, the we, same we, little we, bedroom? What, what's I, happening? Me and my sister and my brother, three in one bedroom. Three in one bedroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, so them, this is a, they're trying to make a living, Trying to make kids. a living. My father tried a bunch of different things. And then he realized that the, the guys that were hanging out there, the car guys, the kids, they were 16, 18, 20. Right. At the bar? No, at the, the, the delicatessen. Del- I'm sorry, okay. They were going to New Jersey to buy their bubble skirts, lake pipes, hot rod parts. So he gets the brainstorm. I don't know what any of those things are. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, bubble yeah. skirt? Well, 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 the car parts from the, okay. they, in the, fifth, in the, fi- in okay. the 50s and 60s. In the 60s, this was. Right. So, so he comes up with a brainstorm to open a speed shop or an auto parts store selling these accessories locally. So he, he takes gets a $5,000 investment, goes and buys one of these places, that finds a place that's a wholesaler in New Jersey, and buys and starts being in business. So buying he buys a, these parts from a wholesaler in Jersey, brings them back, opens up a Opens a store in Music. There was an old diner down in Music where the A&A store is in 1957. We opened that store. And oh, I see. I thought you did all this. No, no. So I was 13 because I, I was born in 44, and that was 57. Wow. You're giving his age. He's giving his age. That's okay. Right. I, I'm proud to be as old as I am. I mean, oh, I, but so, the, so my father started the speed shop, and I was like 13 when I started working. What there. was that called? A and A speed oh, shop. So that was A. It was supposed to be a motto and a motto, but my uncle backed out. 
with thank God. Your father's was, brother? My father's brother. He Why, is he a nutcase or no, something? He did, no, <laughs> he, just, he just didn't think it was for him. He went into the trucking business. He got a couple of trucks and started running trucks. So where are we now in the 60s? This is 57, 58. 57. So, so I'm, I'm young, but then by the time I'm 16... I've been working there three years. I knew the business pretty good. I used to. Yeah, but what do you mean you're working there? You're 15. What are you doing? You're getting parts. You're running around. Yeah, yeah I'm selling stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm helping run the place. I mean, because I, you know, because I used to go to school, South Scranton Junior High School down, uh, down in Southside. Okay. And after school, I would hitchhike down <laughs> to to music to work. To work. It, see, and I stayed like there until my father clo- my father closed up at 9 o'clock, and then I'd come home. Yeah, but him. why didn't your mom say, uh, we'll give you a ride down? No, or? there was no such thing. Uh, she was probably working somewhere, and everybody was busy. So you, you Isn't it yourself- funny how, like, time, like, that can't exist today? No I one know, would no. hitchhike to work. No, right. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. No, well, I remember I got hit, picked up by one time. Some guy he had a big dog <laughs> in the back seat, and the guy was getting a little over-friendly with me. So the minute, <laughs> the minute he stopped, I jumped out, you know, but but the... So then I Wait, then, you're hitchhiking to work and some creeper picks you up? A creeper picked me up and he was he was like, you know, being yeah. a little, being and you creepy. jump out? Well he, when he stopped at a stop sign said, or something, I said, I gotta go and I got out and I just left. But you know. This could be a movie scene. This could be the life of Joe Amato and then that scene. But, but uh, so so then <laughs> I'm fifteen, I buy a motor scooter. Which is illegal. I have no license. So this is a it's motorcycle, like a, bicycle, a small a, motorcycle, a, small, a bicycle with a motor on it, or it's like a small, small motorcycle, but a really small. You know, like twenty-five horsepower. A little. It looked more like a bike with a motor. But Early nineteen sixties. Yeah. So I buy that, and I'm driving that back and forth. I kept it in my grandmother's house, which is down by the school. Yeah. After school, I'd get on that and I go to work. Does he pay you, the old man? Does he say? Well, when I, when I got to be 16, I was getting a little bit of money. Then I got a car, so I was putting invest all the money in my car when I was 16. So but, then, s- but then, like, I'm 16, 17. I'm still in school. Yeah. My father gets sick. Yes, he, he had had a rheumatic fever when he was a kid, and he had a bad heart situations. So when I was 16, the two guys that were working for us, we had a small speed shop. We were doing, like, 175000 total gross business for the whole year and making a living off it. But in the 60s, this seems like a lot of money. Well, it that. was decent. I mean, yeah. that's, not, that's, how, that's all the, the sales. I mean, you have to figure the profit the and the expenses and all. Yeah. And all. But, but they, everything was a lot different then, you know? Okay, right, right. But uh, so he, he ended up getting sick, had to go get a heart operation. So these two guys quit, so we had nobody to run the business. I quit school at 16. So you're 16. I'm 16 years old. My father's sick. I opened the door, bought the stuff, sold the stuff, and locked the door and did all the bookkeeping at 16. So 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 I was thrown to the wolves early, but it was no choice. Either I go do it or, or, you know, go get get a job. And, you know, it was hard to – so we had a business going. By the time I was 18 – I had a second auto parts store open when the other kids were graduating high but school. Wait, in those two years then, so 16, 18, things are going good. You I must was have been good. selling I was good. Doing good. My father got the operation. And what is he, how did his illness? He, he was okay, but he couldn't really work that much. He could be around and be, you know, like an advisor, but he couldn't be like there full time. But I don't understand this. How does a 17-year-old, everyone at that time, they have pimples, they're barely, they're <laughs> studying trigonometry, yeah. they're trying to pick up girls. How do you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a business and then open up another one? Be- because that's what I did. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was 13 when we were, and we had, we were selling go-karts. We had, we were selling accessories and we started selling go-karts. So I was the go-kart mechanic. The go-karts would come in a box. I would take it out of the box, and I would put the engine on and assemble. You know, So I was just, and selling the racing parts. And me and my brother, Dennis, were actually racing go-karts on Sunday 
we had a little trailer, and we used to go to cause that, that around here. There used to be a giant market on Music Street at okay. the top of the hill. There was a on Sunday they'd put hay bales there, and we'd race go karts. They let us do that. Imagine that. Somebody's going to let you run go karts on their park. I mean, think about insurance today and all that. They wouldn't even let you get in the park a lot with a go kart. Never mind racing around. And we used to go down the Gateway Shopping Center in Kingston, which I own today, and we used to race go karts down there. No so, helmets, I bet, right? No helmets. No, no helmets. No, no, and no, is your, your brother, was he brother, a part of the business, too? Yeah, he was. He was. He was. Uh, I'm the oldest brother. He was younger than me, but he was in he was in the business a little bit too. My other brother Peter was ten years younger, so he came along later after. But he but he got involved. Late. Everybody was in the business this, side. This is amazing stuff. So now you're eighteen. I'm eighteen. I've got you're, two you, stores. You quit school. You got two stores. Is the money rolling in, or you don't want to no, be no, modest? No, we, we were we were growing, and we were investing everything back in. And is your mom still working? Mom, uh, the, my my mom was not working at that point. In so time. she says, "Hey, this might take off. Let's do yeah, this." Yes, yes, yes. So she was uh, doing what she was doing, and. Uh, we kept it. We kept it going, and then, and then we had a third store and a fourth store, and, and uh, the so thing the, was going crazy. So by the time you're in your twenties, I mean things are going pretty good, honestly, right? Right. Yeah, but we kept investing in the business, you know, growing, you know, more inventory, more stores. And this and is a the beginning. This is A and A. The beginning of A and A. Yeah. So how many were there? Like well, four or five stores. Eventually, we built it up to twenty four stores later. But around let's say five stores in, the industry changed. You had you had to. Uh, we were buying direct from the manufacturers because we were big enough. Yeah. But but the government came in and they said to be a true wholesaler, like we were buying direct at the wholesale price, and then there's a middle, like a jobber price and then a retail price. Right. So they came and said, well, you have to be a pure wholesaler to buy wholesale. So rather than not, then we would have to be buying from somebody else, not the factory, and we'd lose like a 20% margin. So we opened a wholesale place. <laughs> called Street and Strip Speed Distributors in our A&A store in Music, which we had built into a big store by that point. We kept putting the dishes on it. We built our own some stores. I Is mean, this I, all in the 60s? All in the 60s, yeah, 60s. So then so then that we started selling it to other auto parts stores with this wholesale place. Oh. But see, you still have retail We still have retail, and we're wholesale, and we sell to ourselves the wholesale, and we were selling other auto parts stores. And that one's crazy. That one that we hired a salesman. Joe, guy named Joe Waltz, and so here's a you're, you're still in your twenties. I'm still in my twenties, and 20s. you're like interviewing people to run businesses yeah, the, for you, GMs or whatever you call yeah, it, to run yeah. this brand. Yeah, just you know, but you just you just do what you do. You yeah, know? but were you like big time then? Were you like, okay, I'm going to buy a new car? I'm going like, to no, get a no. New house. Actually, actually, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I did buy a brand new Corvette. A 1966. So let's see, 44, 54, 64. So you're I was not 22, even 30, yeah. 22 when I bought a brand new Corvette. Four thousand two hundred dollars. I paid for it, brand new, and and I used to ha- had that car. I didn't drive it that much because I was always working, but I and I, you know. But let, let's back up though. When I was young, yeah, as an entrepreneur, yeah, when we lived in Southside to make money, I used to cut grass for people, shovel snow. I used to set bowling pins. Two nights a week, I go down to a bowling <laughs> lane down in Southside, walk down. And set two lanes of pins. They had manual pin setters. So you'd be in the back of the bowling ball. I'm in the back of the ball. The balls are flying. The pins are flying. I had to be ducking. (laughs) Set the pins. Set the pins. I get out there 11 o'clock at night. I would go to Yankee Mike's Texas Wiener place on Pittston Avenue, which was still there, and go get a hot dog for a quarter or go to Turnaby's Pizza, which is my aunt, and get a piece of pizza, walk home, and get up and go to school the next day. And then I had a worm business. I was selling worms. (laughs) 
under, under, I mean, people, you know, they look at me now and they say he drives around in a Ferrari and he got a lot of money, but, yeah. but they forget where I came from. I mean, believe me, I had a war. I used to go out picking night walkers at night with a flashlight in the neighbor's yard and keep them under the porch of my house. I had a warm bed and people would come by and they'd buy, give me 25 for two cents a piece. Here's 50 cents. I saw worms. So, I mean, I, I, I had a paper route on Sunday. And you were like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 yeah, here? Yeah, young. 11, 11, 12 probably. You know, by the time I was 16, I had enough money saved to buy a car. Get and, out of here. Well, I mean, same. Yeah. My, my brother you, never did anything. He didn't do that, and uh, he, he didn't have any money. You know what I mean? Like So So you were kind of the aggressive go-getter in the, in the yeah, out of I, your I, siblings, I, at least? Yeah, not that you're, I, I, not that oh, you're that, saying no, that. that. No, they always wanted some of my blood because I have, <laughs> I have so much energy. Like I'm, you know, I'm like full speed ahead. You know, yeah. I, some is good, more is better. You know. But you would say that's just natural. You're not like you don't say I better do this. It's something that drives. It's just you. to do it. Like I got up this morning before I came over here. I realized that another 20 minutes, I want to wash my car right in front of the driveway. Yeah. I wash the car. You know. Well, who's that Jack Nicholas calling you there? I mean, no, you got a phone call now. I mean, you can watch this. It's going to be a big-time guy. Here it is. No, it's, it's my buddy calling about <laughs> Okay, all right. Come so up. My Jeep is in the in the deal. My daughter's Jeep is down getting fixed. One of the rules here is we have to let calls come through. That's the beauty of it. We oh, okay. Yeah, keep them coming. I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of life. Yeah, yeah. No, so you're this go-getter guy, so, but so, you yeah, can't I've explain it. I've always been it. aggressive. Just, uh, I don't know how I got this energy. Yeah. I was just born lucky, maybe. But you said your dad was doing that. So My, he, my dad was aggressive. But I think I'm like my dad, you know. Maybe my other brothers and sisters are like my mom more, you know. But How did that end up, though, with your dad's uh, illness, Well, my, he, my dad, uh, he, he, he nursed, the funny part, you know, he used to smoke when I was younger. Yeah. My mother smoked. Who didn't, right? Everybody smoked. But then I saw my dad smoking, and then he would be like, his, he would have heart problems. Yeah. Then he'd stop smoking, and, and he would eat healthy, be walking around eating sunflower seeds, and, <laughs> and, and I saw him get better. So, like, you, it's ingrained in my mind that if you eat healthy and exercise, you're going to live longer. If you want to smoke and, and, and eat the wrong red meat and all yeah. that stuff, you're, you're probably not going to be healthy. So I've always tried to do the right thing. And I'm 75 years old, and I basically am pretty healthy. I do yoga. I work out. I bike ride. You're thin. I, I, you know, I, I try and maintain my weight. Yeah. I do everything. You know, I never even start drinking coffee till I was over 40, to be honest about it. Right? Even, even wine. Uh, but, yeah, but uh, that's anecdotal because maybe you just have good genes. I mean, there's yeah, some yeah, people, they can good, do all the right genes, things. Yeah. And if you, but, but I have bad family history to all. My people in my family have had heart issues. My oh, okay. father's family, my uncles. And my father lived to be only 60. And he had more heart issues, and he he was had angina and all. So yeah, he had had open heart surgery back in those days. They just put a piece of a some out of your leg, a valve, a piece. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, would yeah, put yeah. Pieces. They didn't have the technology right. today. No stents, no, no, no uh, none angioplasty. Of that stuff. So he went back to have a, have an operation at age sixty because he couldn't even like walk without getting angina okay. and all. So and, and he never made it off the table from all the years of doing the medicine. So when A&A is spreading and you have stores and you're kind of running everything, is he a part of this? Or is he just... No, he was he was a part of it. He is he making around. the decisions? Is he saying, little Joe, I want you to do this? Or are you in charge? Well, he, he was... he was It was like under your name and everything? Uh, or was No, it? his name. No, okay, no, so he, it, was, it was his business. No, no he was, was there. He was there. He was, he was a big factor. He oh, taught me a okay. lot. Okay, I got we it. We used to fight, though, because <laughs> sometimes... I'd want to do something, and he didn't want to do it that way. Yeah. So we would argue, like, typically father and son, you know. I'd, yeah. I'd quit about once a month, and I'd go work on my car, and then I'd come back in a couple quit. hours yeah, and go realize, back to okay. work. Yeah, really, you know, but I mean, well, you know, but, but he did teach me everything. You know what I mean? Like, I have, you know, it was like, he was a great business person. 
Yeah. And, and I learned a lot from him, you know. And, and, and his brother, my Uncle Paul, I taught a lot from him. He had a big corporate job. So you you, 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 have, you like to be in life, be like a sponge. Surround yourself with smart, older people and then learn from them. See, folks, you get advice in the podcasts here. And if there's one thing I'm learning from all the people I interview in these podcasts, it's kind of like everybody has something in them when they're younger especially. And you got to follow those tendencies, your strengths, what you do better, what you feel is better than uh, others. Because yeah. you just di- you followed your drive. You followed your bliss. My dream, my dream. Yeah. I mean, what? when I was 9, 10, 11, I'm building weather stations in my backyard. So, so, I don't so, know why. I just did. And here, look you know? where you are. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm so saying. it's like That's life leads you in certain places. I always tell kids or younger people, because when I used to race for Valvoline, I used to go. They'd have to do speaking engagements. I was involved at a Valvoline say no to drugs. And we used to go to schools and tech schools and okay. stuff and talk. But I always tell them, pick a career or a job that you like to do. And, and you'll do a good job with it and you'll make money. But if you pick something you don't like just I because know. it's a job, you're bored at it, you hate it, you go to work because you need the 40 bucks or yes. whatever, you know. But, you know, so you got to do what you like to do and try and pick something that, that you're good at. Yeah. And then, then then you become great and then you, you have a chance to advance. And But some people don't get that. I hate how a lot of students, and I tell my kids this, that what, what career makes the most money? And then they go to that as if the money is going to make you happy. You got to like it, too. Otherwise, you're yeah. just going to be a... Yeah, you got and a then, drone then, working, living for the money. There's no, there's no yeah. means to that. And like this intern thing where kids do it today, I think that's the best thing. That's great. I tell all the kids. In fact, my daughter just did an intern. She's I have a 21 year old daughter. She's going to be a senior in college in Auburn this year, and she wanted to be a. She's studying to be a physical therapist type person for football teams, like for, for pro sports. Good. My wife knows the people that own the Buffalo Bills who. Actually, Pagulas, they're from Carbondale, believe it or not. Pagula, my people. Yeah, Pagula, from okay. Carbondale. They own the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> really? And his wife. And Why my, don't I know this? Well, they, they, he sold a sister here. He comes down yeah, to visit. Right? He's been downstate at my house a couple times. <laughs> of course they have. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but he, there's a good example. A guy, he, he used to go to school in Carbondale. He went to Scranton Prep. Okay. He was young. He hitchhiked from Carbondale to Scranton Prep to go to school. Is that No right? money. He used to bring the check in for two hundred dollars for the tuition. Why? So you mean his parents didn't his send parents him there? Didn't have he any said, money. "I want to go no, here." No, no, they, they sent him, but he, he, oh, he okay. hitchhiked. He never, you know, he had a good story about when he went to Scranton Prep, and then he graduated from Scranton Prep, and he got a scholarship to Penn State. Yep, and and uh, he graduated a degree in uh, mining, and he got involved in the mining fracking industry and all that. And he's like 65. He's a billionaire. So, be, you know, so I mean, because he worked hard, though. Yep, and, he, yep. and he did what he did. But that, that goes back to what we're saying about yeah, follow, follow your, your career, follow your follow natural interests. Follow what you like to do and all. And, uh, but, but on that same note, with your, how many kids do you have? Well, my, they're my stepkids, actually. The, I was married. Oh, uh, we don't want to get to that yet. I'm just wondering because here's what I'm wondering. How, how do you, if you have, and I'm assuming you have a lot of money, how do you get your kids to just say, eh? I'm just going to well, suck well, off the dad my whole life. Well, they know that. Yeah, no, they know I, I, they I, can. That, that's the worst thing we have. We take kids today and we we ruin them by yes. giving them too much. Yes. But, but you didn't have you gotta it. you got to keep them we, hungry. We got to keep, yeah. But I'll, I'll say one thing. If you raise them right, even though you give them stuff and too much, eventually it comes out. Like my daughter... She, she's, you know, she's been spoiled like everybody else. It's almost impossible to not. So, so she goes for this internship for the Buffalo Bills this summer. Well, because so, you know that guy. Okay, but no, but no, <laughs> no but I'm just kidding. okay, All but right. she showed up there yeah. on her own, got an apartment, yeah. 
and had to go to work. Now, the job started at – you had to be ready to go when the players came at 6 in the morning to work out and stuff. Uh-oh. So she had to be there at 5, 5.30. She was on it. Perfect. She worked from 6 in the morning till 6 and 7 at night, worked her brains off, loved it, learned a lot, learned she doesn't want to do that. <laughs> Because so now she's going to become a PA, a physician's assistant. I love it. Okay, great. But but but, the, but that gave her good. Yes. But she worked hard. She didn't quit. She stayed right till the last day. Did everything she did. She became personal friends with a bunch of the football players. Yeah. We want to go back to a game, so you know, and go go see them and stuff like that. So, so she, I mean, but it, that she just knew that's she, not for her. She, she knew. Did. Yeah, but she didn't quit. Right. I gave her a lot of credit. It's like my other daughter. I have another daughter, twenty five. Uh huh. She's graduated college and she went to move to Nashville because she wants to get in the music business and music industry, and she was trying to break into the industry, but they you couldn't get in. There's a, a one year college in Nashville that caters to the music industry. Okay, so she signed up to go to the college. She got like a master's degree in music, I guess it is. Right, and that got her an internship at uh, a music group that's owned by Sony TV, a big U- music group, UG something. Right, but so she got the job working for them. She's working like ten hours a day, and here's this other spoiled daughter. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but like who you know did, did done good. She's always wanted yeah. to be on the. Yeah, she know, could have just stayed in one could, of your homes and said, "Yeah, yeah, give me ten she, grand this weekend." After she graduated college, she did take about nine months off before she even went to Nashville to and try did you and get, get a, a job. Angry then? Did you say, "Oh no, on, no get she said, no, I, I, I thought it was a good thing." I okay. mean, because you know, like we when we go skiing or something in Colorado, you run to a lot of kids graduate college. And they'll take a year off and be ski bums and work as a waitress or whatever they have to do. And I think that's not a bad thing, you know? Because, you know, who knows where life's going to lead you, how old you're going to end up being. So let them have a little bit of freedom and enjoy life. And then then time to put your your big boy pants on and get to work. More advice coming from Mr. Amato. Okay, so we get back to now. We're in the 60s. You got got, uh, parts stores all over the place. When does the racing stuff start? When do you get – when does that get? The minute I was – I, first, I was racing go karts, and then when I was 15 years old, some of the guys that were in, were at the speed shop were going to the U.S. Nationals, Indianapolis, Indiana, the biggest race of so the NHRA race. they come you for parts, you yeah. chum up with them. Yeah, yeah. So now they take me to the U.S. Nationals one year to go see the drag races, and I see, you know, Don Garlitz was racing there and other guards, and I said, I want to do that. They put it in my mind. So how old are they then versus you? Are oh, you they were probably 20, 25. So they were young then, too. You know, young and you're guys, still young only guys. barely yeah, yeah. 20 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Teens, 20s. I was, I was 15. I wasn't even oh, 16. Okay. So I wasn't even driving yet. So you were influenced by Just in by the these. beginning. I was influenced by that. So the minute I'm 16, I get a 53 Ford car, and I start playing with it. Stick shift, flathead. Just an old, regular car. Tuning up the engine, yeah, making tuning, it you know, faster. Playing around sure. with it. So I, I started racing a little bit. You know, at them days you did a little street race, like you see in National Graffiti, yeah, the like, movie. You're like you're like Richie Cunningham and Happy Days. Everyone's got the revved up cars. The cops come. You're street racing down the highway. Yeah, we used to do that on the top of the Music Street Hill. We used to meet at the Villa Capri, <laughs> at the Bama Music. There was a restaurant. Now it's right by the cross from the drugstore. Yeah, it was called the Villa Capri. Everybody would meet there, and then about one or two in the morning. We'd go up the top of Music Street, past Granton Lake. There's a straightaway there. We used to go up there and drag race. And if the cops would come, everybody would scatter. <laughs> we still do that. The we used to go part. down to pitch them bypass and challenge the guys from down Wilkes-Barre and meet them down there and race them. I love it. So when, when does like this? When does that lead to? Well, that, so I started just racing locally, and I, I was racing. 
a street car. Then I got a 32 Chevy, a hot rod car, and I built that in my garage. I started, I had a garage in my mother's house in the back. There was a two-car garage. So I'd be working down the auto parts store all day. At 9 o'clock, I'd close the door. I'd go home in my garage, and I was actually started working on other people's cars at night yeah. to make money. I'd, well, I'd learn how to weld, so I'd be crawling under cars, welding lake pipes on and headers, and building my 32 Chevy in the garage. We had a coal stove when it was cold in the wintertime. Yeah. And, and so I was working on cars, building cars to race in the summertime. I, had a tr- I used to flat tow it with a tow bar. Would it, wanted to pick up a, a truck from the store. So, so then when does this so turn I into racing. a profession? Well, I, I, I kept going faster and faster. And then I got up to a point I had a 150-mile-an-hour race car that was a Fiat. But then the business got really going. When we got the wholesale thing, yeah, no, we're up. We're up to. We're doing like crazy Mid, stuff. Mid late sixties, no, uh, yeah, late late sixties, early early seventies. And I'm thinking that's the prime time for um, what we were talking about earlier, drag racing. Oh yeah, it was all it was, that. It was, that's yeah, becoming racing, popular. It's on wide world parts. of sports. So so yeah. So for like five years, I stopped drag racing, and I dedicated my time to the business, oh. and, and really got the business. Rocking. I mean, we're talking. But when you say you stopped drag racing for fun, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't going at all. Oh, okay. But that's I, it. You're not. You're not professional the, drag racer. I never just, got. I didn't get professional. You didn't get. You just I, messing I just around with your to, friends, I racing. Motors, I had no. I built. I had a, a real race car with a trailer and all that, like a Fiat. I, it was like a 150, 60 mile an hour quarter mile car. But it was like fun stuff. But it was just. I was. I was not professional. Okay. Good. Okay. So then. I. I. But let the got the business really up and got some really good team of people around me. So I thought I had enough time to go racing again. Ah, the like, business is—you're being humble. The business is doing great. The money's pouring yeah, in. We, we, you yeah, have, you're dumping bags of money on your mattress. <laughs> no, we're growing the business. <laughs> no, we, you're not. We had, we had a, we went we bought the first thing we bought was like a two hundred thousand foot warehouse to be start the first store. So first uh, wholesale business place when we when we opened Keystone Automotive and people thought it was nuts, but then it ended up when it was sold it was a million square feet. We had warehouses around the country, so you know we built it up. To, when I so sold, you kept the business, reinvesting. I kept reinvesting. Kept there was putting, never a time when you poured money in your mattress and just no, no, no. We just kept reinvesting. <laughs> you know, it, I always it, want to do that. Well, I ever, I wonder if I'll ever be able to do that. Well, just, the, but if you're an, if you're an entrepreneur and you <laughs> you don't do you're that, you reinvest. You, you don't reinvest because you're looking for the future. You never even thought about that pouring money on a bed and just swimming. No, in it. no, no. Just, hmm. you, you don't think you just reinvest. You just grow it, and you you don't take the money out. You leave it in the keep. That's probably why I have a mortgage and car payments and everything, right? I mm-hmm. I have the wrong dreams. No, no, everybody <laughs> has a mortgage and a car payment. I'm but, thinking you know. of swimming in money though, and it's never going to happen. All right, anyway, so <laughs> yeah. so, um, so now it's seventies. Seven in the seventies, I go back and I start racing the alcohol. I, I wanted to build a car. Yeah. So I went down to a friend of mine, uh, a chassis shop, and I said, "Well, I want to build a car. What should I build?" He said, "You should build an alcohol funny car." Which was a semi-professional class. Oh, I remember and, the funny cars. And, These are and, the ones where yeah. they, it's like a fiberglass top. They just yeah. Put in over. fact, the T-shirt I gave you the other day has a picture of the funny car on it. Okay, it's one of my, my favorite funny cars. And so I I built one of those cars, and, and I had a, in the at the time I had a shop in the warehouse where my yep. where the business was. I could take a part and put a little a race shop there and stuff. You know, I hired a crew chief. And, and we were, you know, it's like semi-professional because alcohol was like not not top fuel, but it was the next class down. So then we were we would go match racing, beside racing and HRA, you know, the classes. Right. People would book you in, 
Like I'd go on a Wednesday night to New Jersey and race a Wednesday night and come back and be in the work the next day. And is day. that how they develop like the classes if this person is worthy? No, you you had a car and they booked in. You, That's you, it. You became like a a booked in show, like they, like a, a hired entertainment basically. But you'd race oh, for I the see. money. They would put a purse up and eight cars would show up and you'd race for the money. But they'd also see who the best one is and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. get a little respect. Well, you get respect, then you start to earn a name, you know. Oh. And, then, and then 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 that's how you get sponsorship when people get to know oh. who we are and you build up a reputation. Then you you go to a national event, you win a national event. You know, I went one one up in Canada. So this is your funny car time. These are all funny car stuff. Fun, all funny car. And just stuff. so the listeners know, and I know, a funny car looks like a regular car, right? It has a fiberglass body, and it's a racing chassis underneath it. Right. So it could it could look like a Chevy Chevelle. Yeah, my Chevelle, I had, I I had a Monza, yeah, a Chevy Monza. Not a dragster. That's all no, different. No, thing. no. So that, you're doing good with this stuff. Don't go with that. But then the, the class ended up. They switched the class, and they were running the the funny cars against the dragsters. That's weird. I never heard of that. Well, they, 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 they first they had two classes, then they combined them. And it was an advantage to have a dragster. So I built a dragster. Got rid of the funny car. The long, narrow. The long, ones. skinny car. Yeah. So I had an alcohol dragster. That was like a 200-mile-an-hour car. You know, and then I did that for a couple of years. One. You're doing good. I'm doing you're good. You're building your own cars and got, you're winning. I got, got a little sponsorship money coming in. And uh, so then I decided to go top fuel racing. In 1982, that would be. So, so is this the, the mongoose times that I remember? Mongoose, from my I youth? was good buddies with uh, with mongoose. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he just died last year, actually. But uh, so, was, so, but, so this is becoming. It's on Wide World of Sports. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, Wide World of Sports. All I'm just of that. a little teenager. I'm watching this stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I had the models at my house. I yeah. probably had yours. Yeah. When uh, I'm wondering when you're driving, then and please do not be insulted. Is it more fearlessness and craziness, or does it take a heck of a lot of talent if you just go? Well, no, it takes. Focus, concentration, and talent. Because the cars are a lot harder to drive than you think because they're so fast. Yeah. And, like, you have to really be really uh, concentrate to keep the steering wheel. Because when you leave the starting line, right. let's start here. There it is. It's five, uh, five and a half Gs. So, like, it goes zero to 60 feet in less than a second, you're going 100 miles an hour. Like, wait, wait, let's stop that. So an average car, some lady listening now with her SUV, she goes zero to 60. In three in, seconds. Well, no, a in her slow car, car is four seconds. A slow car. The, the fastest car is like a Ferrari or some of the electric cars. I'm They'll talking about the average two. person. It'll take them eight, nine, ten seconds to go zero to 60. Yeah, your, so, your average yeah. Camry or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying you go zero to? A hundred in less than a second. <sighs> like one one thousand, you're going a hundred. <sighs> And it's five and a half G. It's like a rocket. You hit the gas, and the thing just leaps. So your whole body is thrust back, well, and yet yeah, you well, have to shift? No, no. And the first, in the beginning, we had two speed. You had to shift at one point. And then eventually, it got so much horsepower, you could run You run like a five-disc clutch. That, that, that You don't put all the power. Even though you floor the gas, yeah. the power doesn't go to the pavement, to the rear wheels, until past half track. Because it'll just spin. It, it's, it, it, in theory, like you have a stick shift. Beata, yeah. You rev the engine up, and you just let the clutch out just a touch, so it's creeping. Yeah. And you let it out a little more, and it goes more. You're going to burn the clutch out, but these are metal disc clutches. They're <laughs> made to do this. Oh, I see. So they're all controlled by a pneumatic timer, not me, not the driver, because you can never be that, that precise. Oh, I see. Right. So you floor the gas, and then the, the, the crew chief sets the clutch up to let the power in as it goes down the track. And so you only have, like, so many horsepower, 10,000 horsepower, so, and the front end jumps off the ground, so you, you and it might fishtail, and you're going to the wall. 
Well, you, you have gotta, to correct that. You got to correct it, but you keep the wheels on in the ground. So you got to watch that you don't overcorrect it, and then it'll snap the other way. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You have to be able yeah, to drive yeah, yeah. it and feel the car. And sometimes you'll go out 100 feet, and it'll spin the tires in the back. You smoke the tires, and the other guy smokes the tires, and you're in a race. So it's called the pedal fest. So, like, you back <laughs> off, and you have to get the gas back on smoothly and easily because it'll smoke the tires. And if you put it on too fast and the car's aimed the right way, it'll run right into the wall. And you've done that or no? You've yeah. probably been in horrible wrecks? Oh, yeah. No horrible. I, was only, I, I bounced off walls at 345 miles an hour. I've been on fire, but I was never upside down on my head. Oh. Never rolled over. I'm probably one of the only guys that raced as much as any as I did and won that many rounds on the track that didn't do that. I mean, Bernstein, Garlitz, all those guys, every <clears> year <throat> they'd be rolling over. I came real close a bunch of times, but I, I always escaped. I always had the reflexes or the so, luck. I don't know what I had, but I never did. Never was upside down, and that's something that yeah. you know, not many people can say that. But and even if you do wreck, you're in this cage, so it protects you. This metal cage, Within for reason. the most part. Well, and you're in a fireproof suit. No, I don't. Yeah, know. well, yeah. That, that's that's another story. <laughs> okay. we, we were, I was on fire once at 285 mile an hour. Blew the crank out, and I'm in the car, and I have a picture of my house. It's a car completely engulfed in fire. I've got these fireproof gloves on. Yeah. And uh, I was almost I strained my neck because I was like thinking, should I jump out? You know, yeah. even, even, but you know, because you hit the parachute and it burned the parachute off. Get out. So you're, you know, so you're trying to get stopped, and I got stopped, and the fire went out. And then I looked up, my my hands were burned because my fireproof gloves only last so many seconds. Yeah, my eyebrows were singed, my helmet's burned. I mean, get so out. all this fireproof stuff is only like for a short right, time. Right. You know, you learn a lesson. Now you put a, a gloves under them to have extra protection, things like that. But you just, you know, the safety is good. But in my driving career of twenty years. Professionally, I, I'd say ten people I know died at drag racing. Okay, because so it's not as safe. Yeah, yeah, no. It's a lot safer now. But but it and in fact, when I retired in two thousand, my I put a young man in named Daryl Russell from Texas. I had a team, and we he was driving my car, and we were doing really good. And and he he had a a tire piece blew apart, and hit him in the head at the finish line, and it killed him. So I had a kid driving a car for me, that, and that's after that I only raced another year, and I, I had, nah, that's no fun. So that changed you when that you see That changed me, yeah. You, when you, someone dies and you're on your watch, yeah. that young man, you know, married and all, so. But that was a... By that point, you, you had proven yourself. You yeah, had broken yeah, I, records. Yeah, I, it and, says and, here and, you were uh, 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 first driving to exceed 260 and 280, top fuel, NHRA, professional career victories, 52. Yeah, 52 NHRA in top fuel, and I won alcohol, and I won, so I won, you know, IHRA. I've won a lot of races. I've set a lot of records and all, but, you know. Handsome guy right there. Yeah, when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of, when you're, when is all this happening? How old are you? You're uh, in your 30s? Well, I won my, four, I won my first championship in 84. So I was born in 44. Yeah. So, 54, 64, 84, 30s to near 40. 40 years old when I won my first And what's life like now? I don't want to get too personal, but it's got to be, are you like a rock star? Is it, is it women and money and champagne and partying and going from city to city? Are you I don't know. What's, or you don't want to say? No, is no, it bell no, time? No, no, no. I'll say. I mean, uh, well, first of all, I was married. Oh, you were married at I'm this mar- time? I'm married. I'll, I was married. When I was 21. Oh, so you, as the parts thing is expanding, you're a married well, my, man. My wife, 
uh, Geraldine. All right. Uh, she was a beautician, and she used to come down and help me help me uh, run run uh, write checks and do office work and stuff oh. for me when we was running the business when I was young. So she helped me grow the business, so to speak. Oh. And, and, and then uh, when I was racing, she was there with the racing. For the, so you're married for the first part here of yeah. your, as you go from a guy who's racing the streets of music to a, a national racing legend. You're and, married the whole time. Yeah, and, and I, I focused. There were, I was partying. There were groupies, <laughs> and guys did that stuff. But Not the, you? But, the, but those guys didn't win championships. Because they were too busy partying, uh-huh. and I you would were focused. I was focused. I was, and, and besides focused, I had a business back in yeah in Pennsylvania with uh, over a thousand employees. So I I was at the races, but then Monday I would be back at the at the office. Oh, so c- c- at the time we had a, a jet. I, I got a, my own plane to so I can get me home. <laughs> so we we'd race and we'd come home. Yeah, but that, you didn't tell me that, that it was doing that good. Now you have your own jet. You have all these stores. Well, this you, is this is when we had. Are the you thing. building mansions all over? Where are you no. living at this time? No, I lived. I had a house I built in Old Forge. Old Forge. Up so you Old didn't Forge. have another home that you were no, still that was the only house I had. Okay. I lived in a house. It was a modest house in Old Forge. And yet you'd get your trailer, your crew, and you'd go race. We go Does the race. racing thing make tons of money or not necessarily? No, the racing. The, the only good thing is by having the parts business, I was able to get sponsorship for the racing team. Because the people, I would tell them, oh. if you want to put your parts in my in my warehouse, can we sold a lot of stuff. So if you say Valvoline, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna have your oil, yeah, you gotta be, you be a sponsor of my car. And then and then when we won, then we got Valvoline to be a bigger sponsor, and then they became the major sponsor. And then ah. you know, Tenneco Automotive was a big sponsor. We over the years we had different people that were sponsors because this was so big on tv wide world of sports yeah, yeah, valvoline right. wants to see their logo and, and on the winning would, car they would do things like the bobblehead promotions oh. and uh, say no the drugs program and there one time i had a superman car and we all there was like they had one superman car in every sport like the nascar indy cars drag racing funny cars so oh, yeah. i had a superman dragster and we all went to new york tavern on the green with our cars and had a whole big party and a big like you know Things like that. Now, Superman, know? just like the color and the logo and the shield and all that? Yeah. The you car have to get, like, permission from Marvel or whoever it is? Well, we're, I, we're in a comic book, actually. My, oh. co- my, my dragster <laughs> was in a comic book. Is that right? Yeah. All the, all they had a special uh, edition of, dra- of racing comic books, and, and we had a car in a comic book, you know. So, so we, and it's all in the 80s? In the 80s, yeah. 80s. When do, so when do things now, because eventually businesses sell, you stop racing. Give me that curve. What comes well, next? Well, well the, the business was going crazy, and I was racing. Yep. And, and so it was really doing good, you know. And uh, the, the, the racing helped the business because I used to run Keystone Automotive name on my dragster. Sure. I got to get and, my and parts so, there. So, yeah. and, and, and so I was racing all over the country, national exposure, and everybody knew who Keystone was. So the... The, the one sub helped the other yeah. one. So it was like a, a free advertising ride. Yes. And the customers just all want to buy off us because they uh, like drag racing. Yes. I'm a drag race champ, so like it was a natural. So, is I mean. It, that's, is that all regional? Like, is that just Northeastern? Is it, is it Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey? Or did it go all Well, we, we actually delivered parts half the country with our own trucks up to Canada, oh, to I Florida. See. So we had trucks going all over. We but had how many A and A stores were there? There were only twenty four, but and they we, were all in Pennsylvania, or no? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. But but the A and A thing was only ten percent of the pie. Oh, the the retail 
was small compared to wholesale was 90%. But that was all just one central location that would distribute elsewhere, right? Yeah, we had a, well, the main warehouse was here, but then we ended up with a, a warehouse in Canada with parts, and then we'd have like oh. a, a, drop, a drop warehouse in Ohio. So we would pack, you would, you would call from Ohio today, tonight, we'd pack the truck, ship it to Ohio, a tractor trailer, they would go to a, a terminal, Unload the tractor trailer, put it in smaller trucks, and deliver it to Ohio the next afternoon. So, so you can order parts today from Pennsylvania, get them, or even almost to Florida, North Carolina. We did it all over the country like that. You know, yeah. the company that bought, uh, I, I did that till '98. '98, I sold the company. Oh, 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 so it's the '90s now. When does the racing end? You said well, late well, night, I, mid I, late. I, I raced till 2000. Myself, but was it tapering off through the nineties? I, I no, my no, feeling no, is no. it wasn't as popular in the nineties. No, is that well, me? It was it was good, but the sponsorship money was always hard to cut. It still is today. Yeah, and racing get raising money, whether it's look even NASCAR today, they price themselves so high, the expensive it's, it's like twenty five million to be on a top top <laughs> NASCAR team. Pe- people can't justify that amount of money. Twenty five million to mean to get a car, to get a crew. No, to no, to, if you own the crew, you you are you you I've got your, a car, I've got a crew. You just sell me I'm gonna give you twenty five million, you're gonna put Budweiser on the side of the car. Okay. You I don't Budweiser doesn't own anything. You own it all. You take the twenty five million and you use that as your budget to race. Oh. But that's what I'm saying. People can't yeah, justify so that kind of money. So it's getting harder and harder for the people to get the sponsor money. Oh, I see. With the computer age and everything that's going on with the retail marketing and just the whole thing, you know, you really have to have a a niche brand to to fit on a car to be able to get the national exposure to to make it make yeah. money. But were you ever uh, asked to be uh, ever asked uh, a sponsor that you turned down? I don't know, like it was something you didn't agree with. Or stupid, or, or no. Most of the time, you'd work it out as long as it was NHRA. I mean, you couldn't put any kind of, you know, like what if uh, Playtex tampon said, "I want to be your sponsor." You're not going to race a car with no, probably not. <laughs> okay, I'm just wondering. Well, I don't know. But they were good girl drivers, so they might be okay, able to do that. <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh, the. <laughs> Start talking about tampons. Well, just, we're, 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 we're getting over the line. No, no. I'm just wondering, like, the, but, how the sponsorship but, but going works. Back to do they a, seek you out, or do you seek them out? You seek them out. Oh, okay. You know, and, and really, it's, that's the hardest thing in sports, even today. IndyCar, any, I didn't any know of that. that. It, yeah, that's really tough. People don't understand that. You look at these. A baseball guy just signed a contract for sixty million or something for five years or four years. I mean, the numbers are staggering. But but and, but you know, they, I guess they make enough money between the TV and all of that to but make it, de- it work. It depends too how popular. I mean, everyone's into college football and professional football. You have to admit, Joe. Oh yeah, that's Although, where it's at. Yeah, you know, uh, drag racing isn't up to that. Oh level, no, no, right. it's, it's a, it's so you a, can see that it's more of a niche it's, thing. It's, it's a small little niche market. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, really, you know, it's. I so, still watch it on TV all the time. But they they actually have a good package. It's on the FS1 the. Fox Sports, I okay. guess what it is, you know. So they have. It's a, just fun to watch. I mean, it's I, fun to watch, you yeah. know. I, and I go to the races. I still go. Last year they had a Legends tour. You were on I, it. I was on the Legends tour. I did about five, six races over over a year and a half, and we went there and you sign autographs and you do. You know, you're on the speaker, you're on yep. the TV, you know. You know, you do stuff to intermingle with the fans, and it's fun. It's fun to go and be involved. They actually had a H spec Toyotas last year. 
and they taped one up, and Mike Mine and Bernstein had one, and Garlitz had one, and Garlitz raised Shirley Muldowney in the Spec Toyota, and Shirley beat him, and Garlitz was so mad. He was like, you, I'm embarrassed. This car is a piece of junk. He hit the gas and it went, Ugh. You know, we were, they were just a fun thing, but we all took it serious. Somebody everybody wanted to yeah, win, sure. you know? Competitive. Competitive. We're all still competitive, you know? So in the late 90s, you're saying that these 20-some A&As are sold. Is the big warehouse. Nin- 98, in 98, I sold the whole everything. business. Everything. 98. I basically was that like? Did you contemplate? Did you sit down with your wife, or I don't know? Are you still married at this point, or what happened? Well, I was uh, on my second wife. Okay, I, my first wife lasted twenty-seven years. We're Whoa. still we're still that's friends. where I'm no, at now. No, so that's pretty no, good. No kids. We're still friends. Oh, and, no kids. All those and years. I still, I still wanted to race, and she didn't want to be racing. So kind of we went different ways. You know, I burned her out basically. So no kids. All those years with the same woman. Yeah. you're a race legend. Everything sold. Well, no, I still had the business then. I oh, okay. Still, that was, oh, so I, the, yeah, the divorce, yeah. you're still a businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had to be tough financially. I don't know. I'm not, yeah, it, it was, yeah. No, that was, yeah. <laughs> Again, divorce cost you money, you know, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I could afford it, and okay. that was what it was. And, and then, then you get remarried. I got you're remarried. selling everything. I, I, still, I got remarried. I still didn't sell everything. Okay. Yeah. I got remarried, and uh, the, I was racing still with my new wife. Okay. And uh, then I got, my, I had a son, with, she had a son. Which I was with him since he was four to oh, okay. fourteen. So I was with together ten, twelve years. Stepdad Joe, huh? Stepdad Joe, is that you? Or are you saying yeah, you are stepdad? Father? Yeah, stepdad, stepdad Joe. Okay. Yeah, he's, I'm still friends with him now. Seth's okay. name is he's a good kid, and uh, so then we ended up getting divorced, and I I, I rehooked up with the my current wife. So who, was that second one without getting too nosy? That was kind of short. I'm trying to do the math. That's ten, about ten years. Oh, that's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. That wasn't bad. You know, it was not. It was a good run. It was, and you know, it ended whatever. You and know. And then that second divorce was when before the sale. Before the sale. So now there's another. There it is. The money's going. Divorce. Yeah, yeah, but that one. Had, <laughs> that, but that had you know. Some, oh yeah, yeah. There was like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, so uh, then, uh, but so that wasn't too bad. But then, and then I've got a, my current wife Andrea, who I know all my life since we were younger. She was wonderful married. person. I yeah. love her. She was married to somebody that I knew, and and so she's involved in the racing a little bit all her life. She's been around, so we've been friends. All, she was married twice, and then she was divorced, and I was divorced, and we we kind of reconnected and after the, the sale. After though, I still know this. The, yeah, after the sale, I was still racing though. Oh, you know, like that. But would I'm be... just wondering with that sale, uh, without getting too nosy again. I imagine you had to contemplate: should I do this, or was it I'm done with this? It was no, an easy it was move. time. It was time. It was well, time. I, I had my brother, and uh, there were two other guys that were partners. There was four of us. My, me and my brother would have made, my, you know, it was our business. But I had two other guys, Lanny and Jimmy, that I put in, got in, the, let them get into the business. And, because they were like, you know, I wanted to go race and needed somebody there that had some some skin in the pie, you know. So you're in your fifties. You sell this. You're set for life. Everybody's yeah. doing great. Tons yeah, of money. Exactly. I re- so basically, I retired in '98. So that would be, yeah, almost twenty over twenty years ago. Yeah, but I was still young though. Yeah, you're. Well, am I young? That was my age. You were in my your early fifties. I was. I was like. Just fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And so sold the business. Sold everything. But, but I still Is it was still racing. Still called A and A today. Still called A and A and Keystone Automotive Operations. It's still all called that. Huh? It's still called that. Still called that. Who yeah. owns all that now, or is it top secret? No, it's a like a LKQ, which is a French company, which owned Keystone Crash Parts, which our our name is Keystone, and they happen to have Keystone Get Crash out. Parts, which is really crazy, and they integrated our 
our business into their business. They're the fourth or fifth owner since I sold it. Oh. Some venture capital people bought it, and they oh. built it up and sold it, and somebody bought it and sold it. One company almost ran it into the ground, and then these guys bought it, and they're the best operators. They do a great job. They still have a lot of the employees working for them that were working when I had it. That day when you sold it, though, and you're signing the check, uh, not the check, but the, the all the documentation with your lawyer, that, that had to nice. be like a weird feeling. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> That was nice. Well, the, you had, you, you know, had to yeah. open up the doors when you were leaving that day, and yeah. felt like the king of the world. Well, yeah, you figure, uh, the, no more, no more stress. Yeah, and all this money, no more stress. This no more is stress. It. Now, now the stress was, what do you do with the money? <laughs> <laughs> and you're still racing after that, fifty-five, yeah, yeah, sixty. Yeah, yeah, I raced. I raced uh, a couple more years myself. Then I retired, and I raced four or five years with. And then I had the driver get killed, and so then I bagged the whole thing and just stopped racing. And then how? When was that again? Ten years that would ago? be tw- 2004. Four, okay. So, so 14 years ago or whatever. So, yeah. uh, so since then, now I, I understand you're on this what you call Life is Good tour. Yeah, we traveled married to Andrea, and we had three nice kids. She has a son who's 19 and a daughter, so I kind of was around with them for the yeah. last 10, 15 years since they're young. So I kind of so I've raised you know a son before and these kids. So it's, it, that's fun. The kids are good. They keep you young. But do you feel like, I, I don't know, I want to start a business? Do you feel, oh, well, you do. No, because I do. Well, now, no, I, I sold the business, and I had the money, and I was, like, investing in the stock market and stuff. And the period from, like, 98 for the next five years, the stock market wasn't really doing no. much. It was kind of flat. So I'm thinking, I get, I'm not making no return on my money. Oh, so you have all your money in the market, investments all over, and you're and, like, I want to make more. Well, well, well the make, <laughs> it, was, it was like just going up and just going flat, so yeah. straight. So then I bought a, when I was married to Donna, that was my second wife, her father was in the real estate business, commercial real estate, Mooksbury, had some shopping centers. So I said, well, let me try that. So I, so I got a shopping center. I bought a shopping center, in, the Gateway Shopping Center in Kingston. And I started remodeling it and fixing it up. Because we always built our own warehouses, our own stores. I knew all about that stuff because I did that all my life. You know, we did our own construction and everything. But think about this move now. You could have done nothing. You have all this money, free yeah, but time. I was, but you, I was, so you always have to, like, do. I was create. bored. I was yeah, bored. You were bo- there it is. I, I needed the it's action. It's official. I, I, I needed the action, you know? You were bored. So do you remember just sitting around thinking, uh... Yeah. I need some action in life. Life is boring. What am I going to do? Right. I have all day, nothing to do. There's the conundrum in life. I always think, why does Paul McCartney still tour? Why does Bruce Springsteen still tour? They're in their 60s, 70s. And they don't have to do anything. They don't have to do anything, but yet they get in a plane or a bus. They love it. Yeah. They love so it. You, you, gotta, like, you like the action. You got to do something. It's like, so I, I started at one shopping center. Now I'm up to about a, a million square feet. I have f- five shopping centers, and I just do it as a hobby. It's not even like a serious business in my mind. Could you tell if this is making tons of money? Or you don't want to say? It's making good money. Good, making good money. So I love it. I've always had the touch. Yeah. Like, whatever business I get involved in, eight out of ten things seem to work. I don't don't ask you why. You know, I'm not, I didn't go to college, but I'm very street smart and and common sense smart. And so I, I, and and I'm willing to work. And I, I, so to me, that's that's why I'm successful. No, I think it's something else, and you're not going to admit this. And I'll say this. 
Because you're just a nice guy. You're forgetting that part. Well, yeah, yeah. I there are a lot of jerks out there who other people, they're not going to work with. They're not going to attract no. good well, people because they're jerks. You're I, a nice guy. I, that You're exactly right. I treat people right. Yes. I, I treat the janitor the same as I treat the president There's of the There's the secret. Forget yeah. about everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. You treat everybody like you want to be treated. That's yes. how I look at it. Yes. And, and, you know, and you never know what bridge you got to crawl back over, you know, so you don't want to burn any down. Dun, and too dun, many people dun, forget dun, that. Dun, dun. And, so and I, want, I surround myself with good people, too. You know, like, so, and like, a, you know, we have a great life with the, our Life is Good Tour. <laughs> I travel over 100 days a year somewhere. I mean, so, like, whether we're skiing, whether we're in Italy. Year, that's like a rule, a mandate? No, we, we, we have a, we belong to an exclusive resort club. Oh, you go 100 days And we have 85, 85 <laughs> days a year with that club. Then we have another club 25 days. So we're always traveling somewhere. That's excellent. You know, so I mean, we just love it. You know, just uh, here. Someone, someone said to me, "You can judge a person by how they treat people to which they cannot benefit from, whether it's another person or an animal or a dog." So that's what I like about you. You treat people; they may not benefit you in any way, but you treat them good. Yeah, yeah. You want to you know, be yeah. nice to people. Be Doesn't nice cost to you any more to be nice. Yeah, not just those who benefit you. Be right, nice yeah. To you don't want to just be nice to someone who can take you golfing or something no, like you that. Be nice you know. to everybody. Be nice to everybody, and then it all works out. Everybody. And that, it, there's a perfect ending, and that's also why I bet you support uh, St. Joseph Center and Go Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, because it's a good cause, and you know, you're putting your time and energy into it. You're not getting paid. No, nope. you know, I mean, you're just doing it because you believe in it too. And it's, so it's a good cause. We do a lot of good things like that. And here we are. I, I call you a friend. I have your phone number. <laughs> and, and it's all because of these the Gojo thing that started maybe uh, eight, nine years ago. I don't know. You come in the backyard once a year for two hours and look <laughs> at us now. Yeah, exactly. Buddies. Yeah, we're buddies. It's all good. It's all good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Joe even offered me his, uh, his one of his vacation homes when when. when you were on the bike tour one time. Yeah, he yeah. said, yeah, stop there. And uh, well, You were coming through Harvey's Lake. Yeah, and that, yeah, that yeah. Bike you wanted you to stay there, you That's know? That's what a nice guy he is yeah, and yeah. i didn't even know him well at the time so you're just a nice guy that's yeah. your secret no one told you that before no you're just a nice guy well thank you i appreciate <laughs> that you know the, I, i've been blessed in life you know i've had good people around me yep and, and had a good, a good life i got i have no complaints you know I've, uh, I've been lucky with my health and uh you know money is good but but friendship and other things you do sometimes the simple things in life are worth more than money or things that cost a lot and you, you see people out there that don't have no money they're happy and you see people with money that aren't happy. Not so, happy, like, you know, know. It, 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 there's something wrong with some people that have money. They don't they don't equate it right. They're exactly. just, the money's going to buy their happiness. So, Not. no, you make your own happiness. you got to look in the mirror in the morning and say, I'm happy with myself. And if you're happy with yourself, then life goes on good. If you're ugly and, and mad and always pissed off and have short fuse and, and you're never happy with people, what they do for you, well, you're not going to have a good life. Sorry. And you're going to have heart problems and stroke out, and that's going to be it anyway. Exactly. And uh, you probably had that attitude when you were that uh, 13-year-old kid that got kicked out of the Creeper's car. You probably still had that attitude. Right, exactly. And you still have it today. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, well, I think we should end this not necessarily now, but someday you have to promise me to take me in that Hellcat and go 0 to 60 in how many seconds? Okay. That'll how, do how many? Two and a half seconds. <laughs> I never did that before. <laughs> Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Is there anything we left out before we say goodbye? I appreciate everything you've done for uh, me and St. Joe's and doing the podcast. You're a great American. Well, you're you're you're, you're a local you're, success story. You're you do you're right there alongside me, Joe. You're the you're the man. You do a good job. Oh, we I appreciate all you do for the community too. I know, and you have a lot of fun doing it. See, there's a good example. You have fun doing your doing your weather and.
and and being crazy. Yeah. And, but that's why people like it because you're crazy and you make you make it fun. You don't make it boring. I no. think that's part of the the secret to your success. I'm on my life is good tour, but I don't go anywhere. Well, that's okay. You don't, you don't <laughs> have to go anywhere. You can go to. You know, you can go to Carbondale and be happy, it. you know. Well, let's do a loud high five to end this. Okay, sounds good. Oh, baby, all right. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity.